Hey guys, and welcome back to the official podcast of Develop Yaman, Develop Yaman Unplugged. And today I'm joined by my lovely girlfriend, Des, who was in the first few episodes of this season. And today we're going to talk about a very important topic, which is how to overcome victim mentality. Yeah, it's a big one. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's a big one because we it's important to process our difficult moments, our traumas, our past. It's, it's important to acknowledge them, right? Like it's, it's not about dismissing them, but we also don't want to reinforce the past or live in the past. And we don't want to become addicted to playing the victim card to get love, attention, and affection all the time. Because when we do that, we stop communicating in a mature way and we start creating a lot of resentment. So have you ever played the victim card in a relationship? A lot. But uh, this was more common when I was in, like, middle school. More common in middle school. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, I haven't had a relationship since you. Since, no, since... Since like, then. Like, since then. Since, like, middle school, high school-ish. Like, probably my first year of high school. Mm-hmm. And then from then, I didn't have a relationship because um, I didn't like the victim mentality that I had. And so I dedicated, like all the last years of high school and the first years of my adulthood into really finding what I really wanted in a relationship and why I was I like to play victim and just make huge yeah because you have lived some very big traumas and like for me it was very important for you to even acknowledge them and process them because you sometimes do the opposite of victim mentality where you Blame yourself for everyone instead of blaming others. And while it is a kind of victim mentality, it is a different type than many people. Many people blame their families for everything, their society, their politicians, their like all the people around them and aren't really self-aware enough to take responsibility. But there's also the flip side, which is people like you that blame yourself for literally everything. And... Sometimes I've had to challenge you to see certain things like, you know what, this thing that you've lived through, you don't need to downplay it. You can process it. Like, it's not about, like, you don't want to go to extremes with this. It's not about invalidating anyone's experiences. Like, for example, Des has had some really, really, like, she's experienced a lot of abuse in her life, a lot of tough moments. And You've kind of gone to one of two extremes. Either you play the victim card (laughs) or you blame yourself for everything. Yeah. But it's very hard for you to find a middle point. Yeah, it's really hard for me because uh, I don't know how to. (laughs) It's it's a challenge because either we, we need someone to blame. And if we can't blame someone else, we blame ourselves. And if we can't blame ourselves, we blame someone else. But in most cases, focusing on blame is the wrong it's the wrong priority. You should be focusing on solutions. You should be focusing on what, what does the future hold for me? What do I want from life? And that's something you did quite well. Like you did it with vision boards. You did it with digesting a lot of positive content and online and just kind of even isolating yourself from the world a little bit while you evaluated, you know, okay, what do I really want in life and how can I get out of this kind of victim mentality? But there was a period where you were quite lost, feeling like a victim and doing a lot of different things just to feel alive. Yeah. Yeah, that was not the best period of my life. Not, not <laughs> the best. Not the best. So what, what would you tell someone who currently is going through that? 
like what stage? What of all the stages? <laughs> Pick one at a time. Um, I guess first, uh, the first stage when I got in a really bad place again was uh, definitely the stage when you know something's wrong, but you decide to do a bunch of stupid things to avoid facing the problem or to avoid feeling that way. And that was the first stage with me because of when I first started feeling all these negative things and um, I suffer from anxiety. So when I started feeling anxiety, when I was no longer capable of working and all of that, I did a lot of things, a lot of, a lot of bad things for me to hold on to the life I had. Um, and it was from, it went from, my eating disorder to my depression to the depression I had to to just making really bad decisions um that involved drugs good thing I've I've never liked alcohol I don't like it I don't like the taste of it um but it did come to a point that I will that I did things that I can't take back yeah um and that affected me in a way that that I'm gonna have to live with it um throughout my whole life and um and yeah it's it's that's the first stage and I guess one thing I can say is face the problem don't try to avoid it because when you try to avoid it you will commit or make mistakes that you can't fix or that that are going to have consequences throughout your whole entire life yeah I I think there's a lot to be said about don't escape from things don't diminish things but also don't reinforce things too much. So when we, we talk about traumatizing experiences, it's finding that middle point between over-enforcing it, overplaying it, always playing the victim card to get love, attention, affection, or downplaying it so much that we don't even process it. Those are kind of the two extremes. And what we want to achieve is not going to those extremes, but rather being like, you know what? I'm going to acknowledge it. I'm going to work it. I'm going to... Uh, process it, I'm going to take this traumatizing experience and I'm going to use it to feel strong, to feel like a survivor, to feel like someone who can get through anything and that can't be stopped. And I'm just going to switch my narrative. It's not a, me escaping from it. It's not me ignoring it. It's just me choosing to let it affect me in a more positive way moving forward. And for you, there have been you've gone through, as you say, these different stages. So you've gone through the stage of denial. You've gone through this uh, stage of escapism, escaping into bad relationship yes. choices, bad eating habits, bad um, drugs, and different things. Like you've tried all kinds of different ways to either numb yourself or make you feel alive when you felt maybe a little dead inside because you've numbed yourself so much. Like, but... That stage didn't obviously didn't work for you. No, it does not work at all. It just makes things worse because you do stupid things out of your character and your personality yeah. that um, it's not, you can't take back the yeah. things that you do. No, and to this day, you have flashbacks to those moments. Yeah. And you punish yourself too hard on those moments. Yes. And, and you even hate yourself sometimes because of some of the things. Yeah, there's something that I really, really wish I... Sh I didn't, like, do. <laughs> and that's the thing, you know, we sh when we talk about personal development, we have to understand we're all in personal development because we want to change something. 
But changing something, it's not the same as beating ourselves up, you know? You don't have to beat yourself up from the past. You can literally just look at, okay, this is my past. This is where I want to go. And I don't care about where I come from. I care about where I'm going. I'm a big fan of, you know, I don't care what I've lived through. I don't care where I was yesterday. I don't care what I did yesterday. I care about where am I going. And the same with everyone around me. I don't care what stupid things you've done. I don't care what criminal past you have or abusive past you have or toxic past you have. You can reinvent yourself in any moment. I, I work in personal development because I believe firmly that people can change. If they choose to change, if they put in the work to change, if they have certain goals and ambitions that direct them in a more positive way, if they have a more positive environment, if they implement the activities, the environments, the things that stimulate them to recharge the battery, to have more mental clarity and more confidence to face things, people can change. And when we talk about victim mentality, often what happens is we live in the past. Yes. And how often do you live in the past? Um, for me, it's very often... Uh, and you know this because for me, I've never had a life um, where I am in a safe, completely safe space where I can really, I'm in a safe place where I can really be myself, yeah. like where I can really talk about how I feel and I don't get judged for it or I don't get told that I don't value my life. Um, I'm in a place where I can talk about anything with you and you're not afraid to see me in my panic attacks or in my in the really bad moments and it just feels weird and my my brain tends to go back to the past because it's before um a lot of things like I it's it's just so weird to live a life without pain yeah. without a life where I have to worry about what people are going to think or say um in a life where it's where I where I'm free to have a panic attack if I want to in the middle of the store well not if I want to but I'm free to express it unlike most of my life where I've have to hide my panic attacks, yeah. where I have to hide my depression um, moments. And, and it's just so weird for me to be in a place where I can finally have someone that really understands me and won't judge me, um, regardless of how happy I am. Yeah. Like, I can literally be so happy and so motivated in the morning and halfway through the day. And maybe at night, I have a really, really big anxiety crisis. Yeah. And it's like... What I love about you is that you don't say, hey, you have this, you have that, stop complaining or or start value, valuing valuing, valuing um, what you have. And it's uh, it's just, I don't know, I've, I've never been in a place where it's safe to talk about my mental health. Yeah, and, and, and that's something that I've kind of made a very conscious effort to get you to realize that you can talk to me about anything without getting rejected or without getting punished or you know judged and i've even told you you know tell me those secrets that are weighing you down and share with me something that you currently is weighing you down and just notice how my reaction is going to be so positive that you're going to ask yourself why did i carry this weight on my shoulders for so long <laughs> yeah it's still very uncomfortable for me i think we still have like 
45 secrets left. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but one thing that's, I think, really good when it comes to when you're in a relationship and when it comes to any type of relationship with your with your family members or with a friend, one thing you need to understand is someone that has a mental disorder, um, depression, anxiety, eating disorders, whatnot, it's because most of the time they went through something. It could start with just a comment. It can start with just anything little can just trigger it. Getting beaten up or like anything. I remember that my eating disorder, um, as well, as my parents could tell me, my eating disorder was as soon as I was like, I was born. I was always the one eating less and, and my sister stealing food from me and stuff. So it's, it's been a constant thing. Um, but also I would get beat up for not finishing fast enough as uh, my other siblings. Uh, and, and I would be scared to eat. Um, there was a time in my life that I couldn't eat at the table because it brought back flat. When we started dating, when we started dating, you told me I cannot eat at a table. Yeah. At least not without distracting myself on my phone or something because I have so much anxiety with it. Yeah. And that comes from those traumas. Yeah, it comes from those traumas. And I guess I lost what I was going to say, why I brought that up. Uh, it, for me, it was generally that. And also because I I moved on from that. I moved on for those, from those traumas as I got into my early preteens years. Um, I It was just, it came back because when I was 12, someone made a comment about me being fat and being ugly and just that triggered it again and so that's when i stopped um when i stopped eating and and my the the eating disorder that i have comes back and and can go and come back and can go and um you just need to know that these people have been fighting their whole entire life and if you really want to help someone with a mental disorder you have to let them know that you won't judge them because they've been judged their whole entire life and if you're going to sit there and judge someone, then just don't do anything at all. Um, don't don't try to help them if you're going to start judging people. And that's that's one of the key things. And that's why I'm very comfortable with Yannick, because he doesn't judge me <laughs> at all. I can literally tell him anything, anything, and he won't he won't judge me for it. No, I literally at the beginning of the pandemic, I told you, listen, you're going to feel locked up. You're going to feel more anxious. Get on Tinder. Talk to other people. I'm not jealous. Talk to whoever you need to be. People from your old life. Exes. I don't care. I just need you to feel comfortable. And you can talk to me about anything. And yes, are there things that are weighing you down? Let's talk about it. And we've gone through a list of many different kind of secrets that you have. <laughs> I didn't know that you knew. And, and, and she tells me, she, she confesses things to me. And I just go like, yeah, I knew that. <laughs> yeah, that's obvious. <laughs> yeah i love you anyway yeah that was that's nothing to be like ashamed about like <laughs> i i haven't we haven't reached one and, and there's a long list right and we go through them little by little we haven't reached a single one that has made me feel like oh my goodness that's that's terrible like and I said it to her since the beginning. I don't care who you sleep with. I don't care what you do. I don't care what you do when you're not with me. As long as you treat me nicely when you're with me. And I understand that you have insecurities and traumas from the past. So just, you can talk to me about anything. I will not get upset. I will not tell you off. I will not get angry. Like, it just be yourself. Do you. And like, 
it's something that is very healing when you're in a relationship or with someone that lets you be you. Especially when you've been in environments where people have told you how to live, how to walk, how to talk, how to eat, how to dress, how to think, how to date, how to be this, how to be that. And then being in a place where you can just be yourself changes everything. Yeah. And uh, that's something that, that with Des, I, I've, I've made a very conscious effort for her to feel like she can say anything or do anything and she won't be told off and she will not be judged. Because the moment we start going into judgment or rejection, we create separation, we create resentment, we create secrets. How many of you, when you were a teenager, had to do things behind your parents' backs? Because you knew that if you told your parents, they would either tell you off, they would get upset, they would, like, you would get a very strong negative reaction. So you learned it's better to keep secrets. How many of you also with previous or current partners in relationships have that feeling that you have to hide things? that you have to hide things and, and it, it, it's better to hide things. And I even told you in the beginning when we dated, if you want to hide something from me, it's okay because I know you're keeping a secret not to hurt me. But you can tell me about anything you want and I won't get upset or judgmental. But if you want to keep something a secret from me, it's okay because I understand why you're doing it. I'm not going to get jealous or offended for you having your own privacy. I respect your privacy. I'm not going to revise your phones. I'm not going to mess with your stuff. But can you try little by little to share with me more, open up with me more, and realize that with me you can be yourself. And why are we talking about this when the topic is victim mentality? Well, the problem with victim mentality is we live in our past. So we are afraid of experiencing the same traumas. So when we convince ourselves, I'm a victim, I'm always going to have this, I'm always, uh, everyone, all, all guys are the same, or all girls are the same, or I can't be in a relationship because of this, or I can't be in a relationship because of that. I mean, I went five years without relationships, without sex, without kissing, without anything, because I was so afraid of getting taken advantage of again, because my first girlfriend was so abusive physically, emotionally, mentally, even sexually. She was, she was all over the place. Uh, and... It just, it, it really scarred me so much that I moved across the country and like from one side of Canada to the other. And then after that, I just was like, yo, you know what? This, this is crazy. Uh, I, I, I can't date. And I, I literally went many years without dating. And the problem with victim mentality is we rob ourselves of experiences. And the only way to overcome that past is to face rejection, face getting hurt again, taking a risk. Because there are two factors that influence our happiness a lot. There, there's a study from Harvard, 75-year-old, a 75-year-long study in Harvard that shows that the thing that most influences happiness is positive relationships. More so than career, more so than money, more so than objects, more so than anything. It's your positive relationships. Second, there are other studies and other research that also talks about the fact that if you feel stuck, if you feel paralyzed, you're going to be less happy than if you're feeling productive and feeling like you're growing and evolving. A poor person who is evolving and growing is going to be happier than the richest man on earth who feels stuck. So when we know those two things, let's think for a minute. If I 
reinforce my victim mentality and convince myself that I should not trust anyone, that I should not pursue relationships, that I should not pursue careers, that I should not pursue this, I should not pursue that because I'm just going to get hurt again. What happens? Well, we're not creating new positive relationships. So there is a big source of happiness that we are throwing out the window and we're not creating a sensation of evolution, of growth. So there we're throwing happiness out of the window. And you know this for a fact because you've had periods of long paralysis where you didn't want to trust, where you didn't want to take risks, where you concluded that certain things weren't possible. And it took you a while of digesting online content and finding your inner self and like reminding yourself of who you are and you're ambitious. But there was a period before you rediscovered yourself where you were miserable. Yeah. Yeah, it was a really ugly period. Um, but I guess one thing that is very, that was key was the fact that I wanted to change. Yeah. That's, that's a main thing. Like, if you don't want to change, you're going to be stuck in the same place, in the same cycle every single day. When you make the decision that you want to change and when you see what you're doing wrong in your life, and you uh, like you accept the fact that you're not always right that's when things start changing because one thing that that kept me from not growing from not being a better person was the fact that i didn't want to accept that i did things that were wrong yeah and i didn't want to accept the fact that i wasn't right all the time and i didn't want to accept the fact that i was playing victim yeah. many times and sometimes I'm, I'm not gonna lie there's some things that happen to you that of course you're gonna fall down of course yeah. it's something traumatizing but you need to understand that the only person that can change the way you feel is yourself yeah and that's the thing you need to take control to get out of this victim mentality but without diminishing your past because one of the things that happened with this is at first she played the victim card all the time and she didn't want to accept any responsibility in the things she'd done. And then she flipped to the other extreme of everything is my fault. Everything is my fault. I fucked up here. I did this. I did this. I did this. And she started torturing herself. And even to this day, one of the biggest challenges is that she tortures herself with guilt for a lot of things that she's done in her past. And now the next step is to stop punishing herself and to realize, okay, I have definitely been a victim of abuse. I have been beaten. I have been, well, I'm not going to say all, all the things you've experienced, but you have experienced a lot of things. So the, the first thing is I have experienced all of this abuse. Then the next thing is I have also contributed to some abusive dynamics situations. and situations because I had bad examples because I it was insecure because I was trained because I felt sad I've made mistakes in how I handle things so I also attracted some abuse for a period of time okay I get it I didn't have the tools I didn't have the knowledge I have today I won't beat myself up about it and then the next stage is you know what the past is in the past all of my past has made me who I am today but the question is not just who am I today, who do I want to be and where do I want to go with my life? And with that, you have to leave the past in the past and you have to convince yourself in the moment with the resources, with the knowledge I had, with the feelings I felt, with the emotions I had, that was what came to be. Now, 
I have more self-respect. I have more self-awareness. I have more resources. I have more capacities. Okay, where am I going moving forward? And that's what we have to look at next. It's like, where am I going moving forward? And that's something you have started doing. Like you've done it with vision boards. If you haven't checked her out, go on Desi Coco on YouTube and check out her video on vision boards. And we actually have a couples one where we did one together. It's pretty cool. But she, she saw this video on YouTube and she was like, you know what? This girl is doing a vision board. I don't know how I'm going to achieve these things. I don't know how it's going to work, but I'm just going to do it. And then you did it. And then all of a sudden you moved to a new city, you got a new job, you got a new relationship, you got a lot of different things in your life and you, you went from literally being locked up in your room for six months, depressed and anxious with eating disorder to now having a very complete life. Still with some anxiety, still with some body image problems every now and then, still with insecurities, <laughs> but you are now healthy. You're now generally more happy than you are sad. Yeah. And... So one thing that we have to understand in personal development is it's not a, a linear thing. It's not a direct like, oh my goodness, I'm going to just choose this and it's going to happen from one day to another. When you have lived through traumatizing experiences, they're going to be this weight that you carry for a long time. Yeah. And you're going to have so many different reactions to it. Like Des, like sometimes she has the reaction of like, oh, it's everyone else's fault. Sometimes it's all, it's all my fault. And sometimes it's like, you know what? I did quite well considering the circumstances. And it's an emotional roller coaster. Yeah. Finding yourself, uh, self-development is something that you will work a lot in. Like, it's not something that will happen in a year. It's not something that will, ha will be done in two years. You will have flashbacks. You will have bad days. You will have good days. But one thing that I always tell myself is you have more good moments most of the moments are good now and now you only have bad moments because before it was weeks it was days that i was bad it was months that i was bad but now it's just moments throughout the day like i could be fine in the morning like i said and then at night i can have a completely anxiety crisis type deal but it lasts around two hours it can even last 20 minutes <laughs> honestly but the, those are the little details that you you focus on. And it's going to be yeah. bad. I'm not going to lie. It's going to be hard. It's going to be hard when you're going through these traumatizing moments, yeah. when you have to uh, admit that you're wrong and admit that you've been, played victim for a while. And when you start finding yourself, when you start uh, trying to make yourself better, that's going to be hard. And the thing that comes after, even after you're happy, even now that I'm happy, it's still hard for me. Yeah. It's still really, really hard. And I still have to deal with certain things and certain smells or flashbacks or things that I see or noises that I hear that bring me back to that moment. And it's still really hard. But the thing is, I mean, it's worth it because... No, it, it's... Personal development is a continuous process. It's not just this switch where you go, boom, okay, now I'm perfect. There's no such thing as perfection, but there's definitely a, such a thing as continuous development, continuous growth, the, continuous curiosity, continuous ambition. And I've obviously seen Des go from super, super anxious, super, super mentally in a very bad place. I mean, when I met you, you were skinny as a toothpick, <laughs> not healthy. Uh, you had so much anxiety, you couldn't go up or down elevators, you couldn't go into parking lots, you couldn't do anything. Like 
everything gave you anxiety. The first moment that I met him, I literally panic attack. I, I was having a panic attack, and the first thing I ever told him in person was, hey, "I'm having a panic attack," and that's the first thing I said to you in person. Yeah, yep, that, that's that's how we met. Panic attack. Luckily, my sister uh, has suffered from anxiety and stuff, and I know how to deal with it. But yeah, it, 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 I've seen that evolution. I've seen that growth. But I also see the battles you have every single day. It's not that the battle stopped. It's just you got stronger. You got stronger. And sometimes you forget that. Yeah, I tend to really forget that because the battles are still there. And what, what makes me so impatient is that I don't want the battles anymore. Um, and before the battles would, would take weeks, would take months for me to overcome them. And now it's a literally like 20 minutes and I'm up again or a few days, max, a few days, max. And then I feel better again. Yeah. And, and that's the thing. When we talk about overcoming victim mentality, we have to see where have we gotten addicted to it and realize all the negative consequences in terms of toxicity in our relationship, drama, insecurities, just imagining things that aren't real. Because when we don't speak clearly, when we don't ask for help clearly, when we don't let people in, but when we just judge them and criticize them and like, oh, you don't love me, you don't care about me, you don't help me, you don't this, you don't that, like you create separation instead of creating a support network. And that's also something that sometimes for you, you have these kind of voices in your head that sometimes try to convince you that things are worse than they are. Yeah, they're not fun. <laughs> so that's the thing. Like, sometimes you're going to have those internal narratives where you're going to have to fight against certain voices in your head. And there's a comment here from Manatee that says, well, in Mexican families, there's a lot of bullying and judgment. It's no quote-unquote normal, but it creates a lot of personal insecurities. Yes. And we were just talking about that last night. Yeah. We were just talking about that last night with Yannick that for me, it's completely normal for you to to get hit, for you to uh, uh, suffer from physical abuse. For me, it was never, never a big deal. Like, I, no one ever told me, hey, physical abuse, it's, it's wrong. You shouldn't be going through that. For me, it was completely normal. Yeah. Like, in Mexico, that's normal. You literally see moms. I've had, I've had uh, past colleagues, uh, teachers that th they tell me, "Hey, um, they beat up a kid in front of me because he got bad grades," yeah. and that's completely normal to beat no, kids I... up in school in front of their teachers. Like we can't do as a teacher, we can't do anything about it because Mexico doesn't really care. The government doesn't really for, care. For context, I'm half Danish and I'm half Mexican. I grew up in Denmark, in Japan, in Holland. I was born in Holland, uh, in uh, in Canada, and now I moved to Mexico as an adult. But it was not part of my general context. Yes, we have some Mexican family, sure, but I grew up mostly in cultures where the family dynamics were very different. And yes, I would see certain things in, in Mexico when I would come to visit, but it was, it was certainly a challenge. But definitely something I have seen now living here is this kind of different culture in terms of how they handle these things. And it happens in a lot of different cultures. It's not just a Mexican thing. Obviously, domestic abuse and, and, and family abuse is something that happens all over the world. Uh, but it is something that in some cultures is more common than others. And I see it because I travel all over the world. And in some countries, it's like, this is perfectly normal. And in other countries, it's shocking. For me, it's shocking. 
for me, it's I remember growing up and I remember if a friend of mine had any bruise on his body, my parents and I would tell our teachers, investigate him, investigate, check. Do you have anything you might be concerned about? Like, we see these bruises. I don't know if he was just being clumsy or if he actually got beat up, but can you please investigate? And we would, like, it was a normal thing to report other people. And my parents were scared shitless. They would always tell me, like, listen, if anyone comes and asks you about how you get treated, just be aware that here it's illegal to hit, it's illegal to do this, it's illegal to do that. And they take away the kids if we do these sort of things. So that's why we don't do these things, but just be aware that that's a thing here. So, but it, it, it was like when I got here and I just saw how common it was, I was like, this is crazy. And then I would see so many, so much toxicity in relationships, so much abuse in relationships that they learn from the parents, from the grandparents, from the great grandparents. And it's just kind of gone down through generations. And I'm just like, we got to break this cycle. Yeah, the thing is that Mexicans, me, myself involved, it's really hard for them to admit that they are wrong. And Mexicans like to be in control. And until our culture does not learn that hitting someone will not solve the problem then we won't change. No, because... it creates more problems than it, it solves. Yeah, because it becomes... And, and that's that's one of the things that I've seen so much. Like, obviously, there are mental illnesses all over the world. But in any culture or country, and, and this also I see in the U.S., uh, I see this in many, many countries. Most of the world, actually. Uh, people, yes, have a hard time by nature. And this is, like, by nature, have a hard time looking inward sometimes. Have an hard time admitting when something is wrong and then they get into drugs or alcohol to deal with their anxieties and their depression instead of actually working on it with a therapist and that's something that is even more common in men than in women yeah women are more likely to ask for help women are more likely to open up because in many cultures it is more okay for a woman to express herself emotionally and express her feelings than a guy. A lot of times guys, they act all tough and then that's why they get into some really bad habits to hide that. But it, it happens to all genders. It's not, it's not exclusively a guy thing. It's not exclusively a Latin thing. It's not exclusively a US thing. It's something that I've seen all over the world. But when we talk about overcoming our, our, our victim past, we also have to be careful not to become the aggressor. Yeah. Because many times the bullied becomes the bully. Many times the abused becomes the abuser. Because what happens when you have felt like shit, when you felt tiny, when you feel, felt insecure, sometimes you do something to feel strong at the expense of others. Yeah. And you had a period where you became a bully. Yeah, I was a bully in school. <laughs> I was a bully in, uh, I was middle school-ish. It could have been high school a little bit, but high school, I, I was a little bit more down to earth because I was getting sick and stuff. But definitely in middle school, I was a bully. I had my yeah. minions. I, I, I did some really not so nice things to people, but that was because if... I just wanted to have, I didn't have respect at home. So I just wanted to be respected at school. Yeah. So if I knew that if I act all tough, if I knew that I, if I, if I knew that I had to bully people and make people fear me, 
like I feared people at home, then that way I would have a double life and I would have a relief at school. And I even loved to go to school, not because of the, well, yeah, a little bit because of the learning, but more because I was away from, from a home. I was, I, I, I was respected at school. I, uh, yeah, there was a period where I was bullied in school, but, um, that was only like elementary school. And then in middle school, I was like, no, this is going to end. And so for me, my way of coping with what was going at home was beating up people at at school, was getting into fights, was skipping class, was, uh, being mean to people and just overall doing mean girl things. (laughs) And there was a vicious cycle because then you would get punished for that and then you'd do it more and then you would get punished for that and you would do it more. Yeah. I would get punished for it at school at home it was just like at home it was just like my mom would would say uh if you get in a fight and the person looks worse than you then you will get in trouble but if but uh no 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 if the The person no the other way around if you look worse than the person that you got in a fight with you would get in trouble but if the person looks worse than you then you won't get in trouble so for me if i knew that i was gonna get in a fight in school i had to win because if i got suspended um, I would only get in trouble if I lost or if I would looked worse. So um, well, I've seen that in a lot of uh, people. Yeah. Like I've seen that in Canada. I mean, Steve, my best friend, who also works here on the team, he also has similar stories, similar <laughs> yeah. uh, things where where that was kind of the, the the narrative at home. And you know, we have to understand that yes, we have to find our strength and our power inside. We have to stop feeling like a victim. We have to stop feeling small. But the answer is not beating up people. The answer is not being an aggressor. The answer is not being a bully. One thing that I see a lot in personal development, and it's kind of sad, is a lot of people, they go extended periods of their lives living for others, living for their parents' approval, their grandparents' approval, their partner's approval. Uh, they, they try to be something they're not, and they can't sustain it. They're fatigued, they're burned out, they're stressed, they're upset. And then they discover personal development, and then they realize, you know what, I can be myself. I can invest in myself. But many people get stuck in the, I'm going to choose for me now, I'm going to do me now, and it's just going to be me, 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 me. And then they become selfish, they become arrogant, they start forcing things, and they get stuck in a selfish stage. And that's not to say that it isn't valuable to sometimes be selfish, but some, because sometimes you need to be selfish to gain the resources and confidence to then be generous afterwards. Yeah. For example, if we look at Bill Gates, how many lives around the world has he not saved thanks to the fact that he had a period where he was very ambitious, he worked his butt off, he was cutthroat in business, he made a fortune, and now he's in donating 99.9% of his fortune before he dies. And he has saved millions of people. And so sometimes, yes, we have to be selfish to be generous afterwards, but we don't want to get stuck in the selfish point. Yeah. And that's something that happens for a lot of people. I see it all the time, personal development. People being like, I'm just choosing me, I'm doing me, I spend a lifetime living for others, and it's finally my turn. And then I just go like, yes, now what are you going to do this? How are you going to give back? I want to know what's the next stage. Yes, I'm proud of you. Thank you for finally respecting yourself. Thank you for finally giving yourself value. Thank you for finally standing up to police. Thank you. 
But how are you going to give back to your community? How are you going to give back to your family? How are you going to give back to your loved ones? How are you going to give back to your friends? How are you going to take this and share the joy, share the positivity? But how are you going to do it in such a way that your growth is an inspiration for others where you uplift people instead of step on them? Because a lot of people who have felt very insecure have been felt like shit. Look at Donald Trump. Donald Trump, not to get into politics, but if we look at psychology, and his niece did just write a book, and she's a clinical psychologist, uh, and has a lot of inside scoop. If you look at him, he had a very bad family life. He had a very strong, bad relationship with his father. He had a lot of different problems in, in his home life. So he has learned that the only way for him to feel powerful is to criticize others, to step on people, to be cutthroat, to not be ethical to be competitive always. And he plays zero-sum games. For him to win, others have to lose. Now, if you want to learn about how that doesn't work, look at Microsoft and Apple's history. Look at a, an, a joint interview between or with Steve Jobs and Bill Gates, where they both acknowledged that their mentality of one needing to destroy the others was destroying both companies. And Steve Jobs said, both within Apple and within his user base, people had that mentality. And that was destroying Apple. And he had to stop that in order for Apple to win. Microsoft had to lose because they had already lost at that point. And it was only the moment that they started focusing, what can I contribute to the world? What can I do better? What can I do differently? How can I innovate? What can I share with the world? It was only when they started focusing on that, that everything got unlocked, you know, with the iPhones, with the uh, iPads, with iTunes, and, you know, all these other innovations that they did that were quite far away from their core business, which was primarily computers before that. And so stop playing zero-sum games that for you, where you think that for you to win, others have to lose, where you feel like you have to step on people to get anywhere. You don't have to step on people. You can inspire people, you can uplift people, you can integrate people, you can heal traumas with others, and you can create support networks, you can build teams, you can build strong, solid relationships, but you don't have to step on people. And when we talk about overcoming victim mentality, sadly, a lot of victims become aggressors. A lot of victims do start stepping on people, do start invalidating people, do start competing with people. And I have noticed that even in myself, when I was going through a very insecure period in my life, moving countries, you know, being the outsider, getting bullied, feeling less. I remember one time I moved countries and... Uh, I started competing. Like, I would put other people down to feel better about myself. But it didn't really work. Yeah, it doesn't really, really work. <laughs> As someone that has done it her whole life, um, I have been very mean to people. Like, yeah, very mean. And um, I, I used to not care about what other people were going through in their lives. I didn't care about anybody's feelings. And I was just generally cold-hearted. Like, my friends would even say, like, you're going to get karma so bad because you, it's like you don't have feelings. And I would have friends sending me pictures of of just memes about people being cold-hearted and having a black soul. And they would tell me, this is you. Yeah. But it doesn't work. No, no. It, it does make you feel better in the moment. 
but it's not making you actually feel better. It's just a way to disguise the fact that you are miserable in the inside. And um, it just, you need to learn to be nice to people. And you need to learn that, like you say, a lot of people become the person that made the abuse or anything. Yeah, they, they follow their footsteps. If anything, um, I have a certain someone as a sibling that we went through the same thing growing up. Yeah. And we both turned out a little bit different. Um, I'm not going to speak of it like during this time, but let's just pretend it's like three months or four months ago. Um, I have a sibling that's really close to my age. And most of the things that happened to me, the abuse that happened to me as a child happened to this person as well. And we both turned out differently. Why? Because this other person became the person that mm, did this abuse to us as kids. Uh, while me, I was over here fighting, trying to get better. Um, but this person just took the easy way out and just said, okay, well, if they hurt me, then I'll hurt people back. And maybe I took that in a way throughout my whole teen years. But... Um, this person took it to an extreme yeah. and it involved drugs and alcohol and just going to jail a couple of times. And it's just, it's very different because I, when I was growing up as a teen, as a young adult, I was always told you're wrong. You're this, you're that. But it was so frustrating that for me that people didn't see the fact that I didn't want to be like this other person because yeah. I wanted to go, I wanted to get help. And I was, I was, I was told, don't get help. You don't need a psychiatrist. You don't need to go to a therapist. You're not crazy. And I'm just sitting here. It's like, you guys have no idea. You're my favorite person. <laughs> you, I was just sitting there and I was like, you guys have no idea how it feels to fight off this feeling of trying to get revenge or just trying to do the same thing that did that was yeah, and, done and to and me. That, that type of feedback comes from many different places. But I think a lot of people get disillusioned. A lot of people get give up on a lot of things. And I think some people have given up on humanity. I think yeah. some people have given up trusting people. I mean, I remember when I met you, you had this general context that had been drilled into that you can't trust people because people will take advantage of you. People don't do generous acts generously they do it because they want something in, in exchange yeah my one thing that i grew up with is my my growing up with people saying people don't do things for free and here's the thing i have an earthy personality one of the six elements of development the earthy personality focuses on helping people saving people taking care of people and one of the things that i do when i feel bad about myself the first thing i do is i go help someone this last month, we've been through hell. Like, not to play the victim card, but like, suddenly a car's transmission went kaput. Uh, we had a flood in the apartment. We had an earthquake. We had two or three deaths in the family of one of the members on the team. We had a rent spike. We had, uh, my sister needs a very expensive $2,600 operation. Like, there's just everything. The money with the bank situation. Oh, yeah. An, eight, an ATM swallowed 6,000 uh, Mexican pesos, which is like $300. Uh, so I lost $300 at an ATM. I haven't gotten it back yet. It was just one thing after another, after another, after another, after another. It came to the point that it was literally for us that we were just laughing. It was just every day we were <laughs> laughing. It was like, 
like really like what else could possibly uh, we, happen we basically started saying we lo- we've ran out of bad luck at the beginning of the year that, that that's what we started just joking and laughing it was just it was so bad it was just, every imaginable thing was happening and i remember like when it came to like a certain time of the month where there's more expenses and stuff i was like i need a top up of money right now to pay all these extra surprises that have happened while currently going through a pandemic, which means the business is already, like we had to cancel all our in-person classes, all our in-person events, and adapt to online, which we've been working on, but our strength and our bread and butter has always been in-person stuff. Internationally, especially, making a bunch of money traveling the world doing stuff. So all of a sudden it was like, oh my goodness, peak stress. And I felt like absolute shit. And, the first thing I did was I took my best camera, I took it to a pawn shop, I traded it in, but I decided I'm not just going to trade in for the amount I need for these things right now. I'm going to trade in extra things so that I can buy a member of the team a new laptop so that that person can be much more productive and render videos instead of in 45 minutes, in four minutes, making it 10 times faster to render videos. That way, I am being generous. I am being productive. I'm not just taking steps backwards. I'm actually taking steps forwards too. So I was like, okay, my first instinct is right now I am feeling terrible. How can I do something that I feel like I'm helping someone, that I'm boosting up someone, I'm supporting someone, and I'm creating a win-win situation. And that's something I've done in several occasions where, where I've gone through like, okay, now I feel like I'm going backwards. And then what I try to do is I try to catapult myself forwards. Yeah. And sometimes we got to take steps backwards to catapult ourselves forwards. Right now, I'm excited to create some of the best content and work in my life at peak stress. Yeah. At peak stress. Uh, and that's the thing. When you turn the stress into a, a source of fuel and inspiration to give it back and to create that is so much better than using it as a way to beat yourself up or beat others up. And that for you has been a little bit of a challenge because you've kind of ping-ponged during this whole pandemic between I'm going to beat myself up, I'm going to beat others up, I'm going to dream and be super excited and productive, I'm going to beat myself up, I'm going to beat others up, I'm going to dream and be super excited. It's been a challenge. Yeah, it's been a roller coaster. I, I can go from five minutes of being super inspired and finishing everything to the the following five minutes after that telling Yannick, I feel sad. <laughs> Out of nowhere, I would be like, I feel sad, I feel stressed, or I'm having a panic attack, or something. I mean, it's it's... Yannick always tells me, we're in the middle of a pandemic. You can do this. But I sometimes reply to him, that's not an excuse, but it is. It's a very valid uh, excuse. And, and think about it not as an excuse. Think of it as a relevant factor in our current context that should not be discredited. Yes. Like, it's a reality, so it's not about it being an excuse. It's a, just it's a fact. And sometimes we're just going to be like, okay, facts are facts. We're going through this. How do we adapt to the situation instead of beat ourselves up? Okay, it's going to be hard, but we're going to do it. Yeah, and you're going to have hard days. And maybe I should listen to my own advice, but it's okay to not be okay. And I beat myself up if I spend all day watching TV. No, and I've been begging her. I have to beg her to watch Netflix. I have to beg her to have a lazy day or lazy hours. And I understand 
I have a fiery element, she has a fiery element, we're both ambitious, we both want to be productive. But, I mean, I also know within development, what is one of the core things we teach? We teach recharging your inner battery with activities, with environments, with stimuli that helps generate that energy and inner peace. And that's something that fiery people are very good at robbing themselves of when they want to be ambitious. Yeah. And during the pandemic, we have to readjust our ambitions in terms of the timelines, not in terms of general full-blown ambitions. We can be as ambitious as ever, but we've got to be more empathetic. We've got to be more patient. We've got to be more understanding of why things take a little longer right now. We, we need a bit more patience, yeah, basically. Definitely. And that's something that can be a challenge. You know, how can we be more patient and more tolerant while healing from traumas, healing from difficult experiences? How can we persevere through adversity? And Right now, people more than ever are feeling like victims, are feeling miserable, are feeling helpless. And it's okay, you know? Oh, but also always remember that um, don't use this as an excuse to be violent or abuse someone, okay? Just because we're in a pandemic does not mean that you can, um, that you can hit someone or you can be physically or mentally or sexually abusive towards yeah. someone because it's not an excuse to do all of this. One thing that you have to remember is, yes, we're in a pandemic. Yes, you can have bad days. Yes, but don't hurt others. Really just identify what is draining you why is it draining you and really work on yourself instead of blaming it all on the pandemic instead of blaming it all on this or in that be like okay yeah it's it's use it to cut yourself some slack don't use it to justify toxic behaviors yes that's actually Good <laughs> yes, Thank because you. I don't want people that are listening to this be like, oh, yes. Uh, I can do whatever I, I want. Or, anarchy. Yeah, but also I know a lot of people that have abusive uh, family, abusive relationships, abusive this. And don't – it's not an excuse. It really isn't. You, you want to know something very beautiful that they're doing here in Mexico? Uh, in uh, the OXOs, which are like 7-Elevens. I don't know if 7-Eleven is included in this, but in certain pharmacies and certain corner st stores that are part of this kind of agreement, if you go in and you ask for a purple face mask, that's basically a cry for help of domestic abuse. Um. So if you can't maybe call a place, if you don't have any privacy, basically if you're facing abuse in the home, you can go to a corner shop and be like, oh, yeah, I need to get some cigarettes. So let's go to the... And then you can be like, I need a purple face mask. And that's like code name for like, I need help. Mm -hmm. And like, that's something that, yes, during the pandemic, domestic abuse is up. Yes. During the pandemic, uh, divorce rates are up. During the pandemic, depression is up. During the pandemic, anxiety is up. Uh, interestingly enough, though... I think in the UK, smoking is down among teenagers. Yeah, because we realize that the virus affects people that smokes. No, no. So it's, it, it seems that just some people do it socially. And, uh, and so, so some people stopped it when they're like, you know what? I don't need it right now. And so actually in the UK, I believe, I could be wrong, but I think I saw some study about smoking going down. But I know 
alcohol drinking has gone up and drug use has gone up in a lot of places to the degree that here they had to ban alcohol for a period of time in the pandemic the first few months they, yeah they, you couldn't buy alcohol. You couldn't buy like most alcohol like i know was, i remember last, last i think time. it was beer i think they they, they 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 stopped selling beer for a little while and there, there are different things like different regulations and and like so so understand that things are more heated now we're living in a different reality right now but cut yourself some slack if you mess up but don't use this as an excuse to be abusive or be toxic or 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 to escape from your problems find the things that are draining you face the energy leaks in your life have those difficult conversations expose yourself to uncomfortable situations in order to patch those energy leaks find the activities the environments and the actions that will fill you with energy will fill you with inner peace don't beat yourself up when you spend time in those don't beat yourself up for watching netflix <laughs> i shouldn't beat myself up for playing video games and no and also um find the places where you're being playing victim yeah because when you are going to work when you're going to school it's really hard for you to for your mind to be clear because you have homework, you have social life. So use this time that we that has been given to us to look at the places where you play victim yeah. and why you play victim. Yeah. And maybe it's not you playing victim. Maybe it's a certain relationship that you're in. Yeah. It could be family. It could be friends. It could be a relationship with your boyfriend or something. But realize the people around you that are playing victim and realize if you're playing victim in what areas you're playing victim. Yeah, and, and also be aware of when you've made certain people in life a villain in your story. Yes. Because when you do that, you're basically reinforcing a dynamic. And they might have been a villain. They might be a villain. You might be a victim. But if you treat them like a victim, no, like a villain, you're going to treat them differently and you're going to have more conflicts with them. I say this because I know many of you, and this is not all of you. I don't want to discredit anyone. I don't want to call anyone a liar. I don't want to make anyone's uh, abuse stories invalid or anything. I am not, I was not in any of your situations and I cannot speak or comment on any of them. But what I want you to reflect on is how many toxic environments have you contributed to by making people feel defensive by castrating them by cutting their balls off by cutting their wings by limiting them by controlling them too much by judging them too much by criticizing them too much how many times have you pushed someone to a degree where they turn into someone more toxic i'm not saying this is all of you i'm saying it's probably even a minority i don't know the numbers for that but I want you to reflect on this because one of the challenges with personal development is also knowing when someone really is a victim and when they sometimes are an aggressor playing the victim card to manipulate or to justify actions. How many people don't you know that have been, ex uh, have been on both sides that are both a victim but then decided to be an aggressor, decided to be a bully, decided to be abusive because they were abused. Like you can be both at the same time. So what I want you to reflect on is also are you creating toxic environments because you maybe were a victim at some point but now you're being an aggressor or now you are making this person feel so insecure, feel so small that they are exploding and you're contributing to the dynamic. It doesn't apply to everyone. 
but I want you to reflect whether it might apply in some of your dynamics. Because right now during the pandemic, we are more critical with each other. We are more impatient with each other. We are more upset with each other. And we can all reach a certain point where we were like the, 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 the straw that broke the camel's back, right? How many times have you broken someone's, like uh, the straw on a like, camel's back? I don't know that saying. You don't know that saying? No, I don't know that saying. You know when like a camel, you know, can sustain a lot of weight, a lot of weight, and can put up with a lot of stuff, and then eventually you just put a small little thing, and that's what breaks it off. It's like the I think in Spanish it's the the drop that makes the water spill over in the glass. So let's say I have a lot of patience, I have a lot of tolerance, um, I put up with a lot, and you do a small little thing, and I explode. Yeah. That is the saying. So the straw that broke the camel's back is that. How many times? Have you maybe contributed to that little drop and you've been confused? Why did this person react so crazily? And many times there's a lot of stuff behind that. Yeah, as uh, as a person uh, um, that has had a lot of people move on and, and a lot of people leave my life because of my uh, all my issues that I've had, um, there's been moments in my life where I sit there and I'm just like, why did they leave? Why did this happen? Why did that happen? And I've played victim in those moments, but I haven't. Re- I it took me a lot to realize, hey, maybe they were going through a lot of things already, and they didn't need that in that moment. And that doesn't mean that they they're bad people. It just yeah. means that they had other important things no, in no, life. No, it doesn't mean that you're a bad person either. Exactly. Maybe you just contributed one drop. But the glass was already full with a lot of other bullshit from other people. Yeah. And that's the thing. That's why in developing, I mean, we talk so much about context. Take the time to understand other people's context. Take the time to communicate your context. And for the people that don't know what context is, it's all the factors, variables, situations, dynamics that are influencing uh, both from the past, present, and future that are influencing someone to act a certain way, someone to do a certain thing, a dynamic to be a certain way, a group dynamic to be a certain way. So if she does something toxic there's probably a bunch of context that I'm not seeing. Maybe it's abuse she experienced. Maybe she had a fight at work. Maybe she uh, got a rude comment through a message. Maybe she got something. And then I can maybe make the mistake of being like, oh, why are you doing this? This makes no sense. But it's not because of the thing I did maybe, but maybe there's something else behind that. Maybe there's something else. And that's why taking the time to understand the context and also understand what personality type do you have. Understand what goals do you have, what resources do you have, what stressors do you have, what traumas do you have. All these things are valuable information for us to not create mental noise. For us to not assume, oh, they abandoned me because I'm the worst. Okay, maybe they abandoned me because they had a lot of stuff going on. And yes, I contributed a drop to the glass. Yeah, and also don't use it to uh, justify your toxic relationships. <laughs> don't go to the other extreme. Yeah, that's me. That's me. Like, f- growing up, I'm very, very empathetic. I'm very, very patient. I'm very, very tolerant. I I, I see the best in people. Like, I, I have a really hard time seeing neg- negative stuff in people because I believe in people. I believe in humanity. I believe in in people turning around. And... One of the things that for me has happened a couple of times is being in very toxic relationships. Very toxic relationships where I had to live through some very abusive experiences. And I overextended them because I was like, oh, where am I going to find someone like that? Oh, but they're so good. Oh, but look at this good thing. And I would hold on to the few good things and convince myself that it was much better than it was. Yeah. 
Have you ever done that? Yes, <laughs> all the time. I, I think we've all done that. And it's, it's very important to have the self-respect to not justify abuse that we're receiving. Because, yes, you can be tolerant, you can be patient, you can be empathetic, you can be understanding, but you should never excuse abuse, okay? So sometimes you got to make changes, and sometimes the change is just, I'm going to put some distance. Sometimes the change is, I'm going to help you fix the problem that has you so stressed and so tense. Or right now, I'm going to, you know, do my own thing. But it's different situations for different contexts. And never do a one-size-fits-all anything because just because you lived one experience with another person doesn't mean you're going to live the same with another person. And that happens a lot, that we think that because we lived a bad experience with someone or something in the past, that it's going to repeat. You've kind of had that a lot where you think like, oh my goodness, is this going to repeat? Am I going to, like, can I risk this? Can I do this? And it's, it's a problem. So I want you to really reflect on these things. I want you to see where are you reinforcing this victim mentality and take control of your life, but don't use it in a way where you're going to become an abuser or where you're going to justify things that shouldn't be justified. So with that in mind, I want to talk to you guys about... Uh, next week's episode, which is an episode about uh, savior and having the savior complex, which is something I have. I have this thing where I kind of need to save everyone, and I look for people that have a lot of challenges, and I kind of focus on saving them. Uh, let me just... Our team is not here because they are with an ill family member, so I just have to get to the computer and play the promo for next week. <laughs> We're all alone. Hey, quick question there. Are you addicted to being the savior? I ask because I directly tie my self-worth and my confidence to my ability to help people. Let's be clear. I love helping people. I work in personal development because I love helping people. It's something I'm genuinely passionate about. But the part that's a problem that needs attention is that I seek out people with problems, but sometimes from a selfish perspective because it's something that I need to feel complete. And honestly, that's not healthy because that means I attract a lot of problems that sometimes don't correspond to me or sometimes make my life very difficult because those people might not even want my help and I'm there forcing my help and forcing my context and it might not be an organic thing where it just makes sense for me to help that person and where it just goes smoothly. So when I caught myself being addicted to problems, I was like, ah, how am I gonna change this? How am I gonna change this? And I was like, first of all, I, I started looking for people that had a certain level of gratitude and certain commitment to making changes in their life and that really could make those changes by themselves, but I just served as a booster or as a part of their support network, but I wasn't the one fixing the problems for them. So I got that sense of purpose and excitement and that boost from helping someone, but I didn't get lost in those relationships where I was trying to literally save someone from themselves and someone that might not want to change, might not 
want to improve, might not have commitment, and might not have gratitude. That, for me, helped a lot. But there have been many things I've been doing as of late to limit my addiction to being the savior and really creating a life where I help people when it makes sense, when they can receive it, when it's easy, when it's smooth, but it's no longer forced. And that's something I'm genuinely proud of. And it's made my life so much easier. But moreover, I've also found more ways to make my confidence sustainable, make myself feel confident and happy without depending on problems to feel good. Because depending on problems to feel good is not a healthy and sustainable way to feel good. Trust me, it's a roller coaster. So find more ways of feeling good about yourself, more ways of feeling confident, find people that you can help that have their own ability, confidence, perseverance, commitment, that have gratitude for your contributions, but that don't depend 100% on your contributions, so that you are not at the effect of their choices, of their reality, and that you can help more people in short amount of time, because when you help people that are ready to receive help, you can help them super fast. But when you're helping people that are not ready to receive help, you're just forcing things. And really, you can come across as pushy, arrogant, selfish, obnoxious, irritating, and really the person is not going to receive what you're trying to, to contribute and you're not going to get that feeling of having help that you're looking for. So if you want to stop being addicted to being the savior and create a life where you help people, but much more intelligently, much more confidently and much less desperately, I invite you to join us this Sunday on our live transmission of our podcast, Develop Element Unplugged at 4 p.m. Central Time, either on YouTube or on Facebook, and all the details are in the description below. So, see you there. Have a good one. Okay, so we are back. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so this this is a very natural continuation because right now we, we've been talking about victim mentality, but there's also the other side to the coin, which is the savior mentality, the addicted to being a savior or also known as the savior complex. That's something that I've had for a lot of my life where I've focused on saving people and my self-worth has depended so much on saving people that if I'm not saving people or helping people, I feel miserable. And it has also made me a bit of an abuse magnet because it means I have attracted a lot of not so nice people that have taken advantage of me. And it took me a while to find that balance between how can I help people in a way that I'm being generous, from so getting that fixed, but not creating codependent relationships, not making people become useless by letting me fix all their problems, not wasting my energy trying to help people that don't want to be happy, that don't have no ambition, that don't have no desire to, to improve, and that have this victim mentality so strongly, so firmly, big part of their life that everything you do is not good enough for them. And I've, I've learned that the important thing is finding people that have gratitude. For example, Des, one of the things I love about her is, yeah, she has gone through hell and back in her life. She has a lot of mental disorders that affect her to this day. But one thing she has is 
gratitude, gratitude for people's time, gratitude for people's help. And even people that have taken advantage of her and been mean to her, she has something good to say about them. It's very rare that I've heard her say anything bad about anyone, even people that deserve it. And that's something wonderful. So finding people that you can help, that they themselves are ambitious and have gratitude and want to level up changes everything. So for me, learning those things has changed everything. So it's not about stop saving people. It's just learn to save the right people and learn to save the people that are ready to help, ready to receive, ready to cooperate, and that are going to value you so that you feel, you know, like you're having an impact. And that that is powerful. So next week, if you want to learn about victim mentality, if you want to join the conversation about, uh, sorry, not victim mentality, that was this week. That's what we've been talking about for the last hour. If you want to talk about the savior complex, if you are a savior, or if someone in your life has a savior complex and you're seeing them get into complicated relationships and complicated dynamics, this can help. So join us next week, next Sunday at 4 p.m. Central Time on either YouTube or Facebook. Don't forget to subscribe, like the page, uh, follow, ring the bell, do all those sort of things that you need to do to get your notifications when we go live. And if you want to listen to this podcast after, you can play it on both Facebook and YouTube, or listen to it on Spotify, iTunes, or one of the many other platforms that have podcasts. So that's all for now. Anything you want to add? Okay. So see you next week. Have a good one. And now i got to find the mouse and <laughs> figure out what I'm doing here. So, hey. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I miss the team. <laughs> 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 bye bye.